We're not even eight games through the season, and one of the biggest questions that I've been getting a ton of is, should the New Orleans Saints be ready to draft a rookie quarterback this offseason? We're going to break it all down. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I appreciate you very much for being here for another episode of Locked on Saints. And of course, make it Locked on Saints, your first listen of the day, every day to all you everydayers out there. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube, wherever you get your podcast, so you never miss the latest episodes. And as always, you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me. Take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, early access, breaking news, and much more. You can become a Locked on Saints insider today by heading over to joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Saints to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I am your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola, on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, Saints News Network, Tuesdays in the Locked on NFL podcast, and here with you every single Monday through Friday, and then some on Locked on Saints. And on today's episode of Locked on Saints, we are live here to get you everything you need to know from the injury report, game designations, all that to get you ready for Sunday's matchup. Don't forget to come back tomorrow, which will be our In Case You Missed It episode, where we're going to give you our five biggest takes from the week. Kicking off today's show, I want to go into a big topic that I've actually been getting a lot of questions about. And I know what a lot of people are going to say. Oh, goodness, we're already talking about the NFL draft and all these other things and stuff like, is it that bad in New Orleans? No, it's not that bad in New Orleans where everybody's starting to turn their attention to the draft. But I do think that people are very curious about the future of the New Orleans Saints and the future of the quarterback position for New Orleans. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, right? There's been a lot of questions that have come up, that need to be answered going into this weekend, going into the rest of the season. You got 10 games left, all that. I understand why the question's coming up, so I want to treat the question with respect. And so with that, the thing that I want to look at here is not frustration, not, well, the Saints are down and out and all that other stuff. The fact of the matter is that no matter what happens for the remainder of the next 10 games, the remainder of the season, I have the same answer to the big question. And the big question is, Should the New Orleans Saints invest in a young rookie quarterback in the 2024 NFL draft? And I'm going to say this outright. I don't care if Derek Carr goes on to have a fantastic 10 games and closes out throwing 300 yards per game, doesn't throw another interception for the rest of the season, performs to an unrealistic standard and up to an unrealistic level of production. The Saints should still be interested in a rookie quarterback basically every draft moving forward until they've landed a perennial starter on a rookie contract. That's it. That's that's the tweet. That's the way that it should go for this New Orleans Saints team. Why do I say that? It's not about Derek Carr, okay? It's about what are you doing after Derek Carr? Remember, the New Orleans Saints had several really phenomenal years with Drew Brees at quarterback, but the one thing that they never invested enough in was a steady quarterback behind him, a an heir apparent, right? They ended up going to Jameis Winston, bringing him in. They they went the free agency route, right? They got Taysom Hill through undraft, not undrafted free agency, but through like waivers. Uh, they got uh, Teddy Bridgewater 
through free agency. They got Jameis Winston through free agency. Then they went and they got Derek Carr through free agency. They tried to go after um, uh, Deshaun Watson in free agency. They, If they wouldn't have gotten Derek Carr, as far as I understand it, they would have gone after Jimmy Garoppolo. So everything that they've done at the quarterback after Drew Brees and effectively before Drew Brees, uh, when they finally started to realize, oh, we need somebody there after, you know, for the days after Drew, they did through free agency. The Saints need to change their course with this. They need to be investing in young rookie quarterbacks, and they should do so on about a yearly basis, if at all possible. Now, they drafted Jake Hayner last year. Jake Hayner is going to be a guy that's going to be a little bit more attached to this regime if things fall apart and the wheels fall off for the New Orleans Saints throughout the rest of the season. I think it's reasonable to expect that you're going to see some big time staff changes. And with staff changes are going to come an interest in another young quarterback, right? And you've got a lot of really good quarterbacks that you can draft in this year's second round that probably would have been better than the one and only first rounder that went in the 2021, 2022 NFL draft in uh, Kenny Pickett, right? Like you look at guys like Jaden Daniels out of LSU. You look at guys like uh, Shador Sanders out of Colorado, although Deion Sanders is doing everything that he can to keep both Shiloh and Shador in Colorado. We'll see if that works. But Michael Penix, who I know is going to get a lot of the age conversation and stuff like that. But as I've said over and over again, I don't care if a young quarterback or rookie quarterback's a little bit older. I like the experience. I like the maturity. I'm all for that. So when you look at the rookie quarterbacks that are out there, and that's just me naming a couple of guys that are currently projected to go in the second round. We'll see. Some of those guys might skyrocket their way up into first round, like Jaden Daniels over at LSU. He's getting Heisman conversation right now, and deservedly so, because he absolutely deserves it. And so what if he wins the Heisman? He might jump into the first round as opposed to the second round. And we know how the NFL loves their fifth round option. So even some guys that maybe aren't first round graded quarterbacks might get drafted in the first round. So you get that fifth year option. Why do this though? Again, this isn't actually about Derek Carr at all. The Saints could draft a rookie quarterback next year and never play him, never start him. Derek Carr finishes out his four-year deal, re-signs for another couple of years, and then they get another rookie quarterback at some other point later on down the road. That's completely possible. But the reason why I advocate for the rookie quarterback selections, especially first and second round graded guys, is because you need to have your next person ready just in case. Derek Carr's got a four-year contract right now. He might play all four of those years. He might play two of those four years. He might play three of those four years (coughs) out here in New Orleans. You don't know. None of us know. And so having that guy there to learn from Derek Carr, to sit behind for a year, whatever that might be, or two or three, whatever it might be, the the Jordan Love trajectory, I think it's a good call. I think it's a smart thing for the New Orleans Saints to do. Um, And so I, I think the answer to the question, should the Saints be interested in a rookie quarterback, is yes, absolutely. Regardless of how this season finishes, Regardless of, you know, the potential, um, the potential for a playoff run, regardless of how the rest of this year goes, any of that stuff, regardless of any of that, the thing that they should be interested in doing is at least paying attention and prepping for the potential of a young quarterback. And we'll see, right? Is it Dennis Allen that's picking another young quarterback or is there a new regime if things don't go well this year? That could also make a big difference. So I'm all about that. The other thing that I like about drafting the rookie quarterback is that if you find that perennial starter, that long-term starter on a rookie contract, it helps you rebound on the cap while also simultaneously continuing to add talent around. Getting a rookie quarterback, a good starting rookie quarterback, helps your entire team. If you get the guy that can create, make plays, do everything, play quarterback, but then also 
be uh, on that rookie deal that allows you to be be cheap effectively, right? Affordable, that allows you to be able to spend that money elsewhere. And I think that that's one of those things that absolutely can help you out. All right, y'all, coming up next, we're gonna be taking a look at the injury report. Juwan Johnson is back, but there's a new concerning trend on the way when it comes to Andrus Pete. Got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easiest and without a doubt, most fun way to play daily fantasy sports. Absolutely no doubt that's the way that I go about it. You don't play against a bunch of mystery lineups or anything like that. It's you versus the projections of the house, basically. Prize Picks gives you a projection for each player that's playing. You choose whether or not you think that player for that statistic is gonna come out at more or less than that projection. You get those right, you can win up to 25 times your entry. It's that easy and there's no, it's very transparent. There's none of this like competing against a bunch of different, you know, shadow lineups and, you know, try to fight for a small slice of a large pie or anything like that. It's you versus the house you and your football knowledge versus the projection. So go and check them out today, prizepicks.com slash locked in NFL. Use promo code in all lowercase locked in NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That is a first deposit match up to $100 at prizepicks.com slash locked in NFL. Promo code all lowercase locked on NFL. Today's episode also brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. I literally just did DoorDash. Trill cheesesteaks had to get me some, some like, I needed something kind of like wholesome and, and, and down home and kind of like, you know, comfort food feeling and everything, but something I can't really make on my own. So I went to Trill Cheesesteaks uh, through uh, DoorDash and then got me a little Philly and everything. It was a great dinner right before uh, starting off the show. Yeah, I could tell it had me in that little bit of a food coma when I came in. Couldn't even get the intro right. That's how good the food was. So if you want to check them out over at DoorDash, let me help you out a little bit, especially if you haven't before. You're going to get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first DoorDash order. Yeah, it's that good. All you gotta do is download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKED23. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3, use the digits. Uh, Subject to change terms apply. That's 50% off, up to a $10 value when you spend at least $15 on your first order. If you download the DoorDash app, enter promo code LOCKED23, subject to change terms apply. Let's get it, Houdat Nation, wrapping up this live episode of Locked on Saints. Take a look at the New Orleans Saints injury report, getting you all caught up with everything that you need to know there. So with the New Orleans Saints injury report, there were a ton of players listed today uh, on Friday. Only one ruled out, but nine listed as questionable. I would expect the majority of those that are listed as questionable to play. Uh, But the one player listed out and ruled out was James Hurst, which... No surprise there, right? Like we kind of expected that to be the case. He didn't practice at all uh, throughout uh, practices this week and all that. So not super surprising to see that at all. But uh, one of the things that I absolutely love for the New Orleans Saints right now is that Juwan Johnson, their top tight end, is back. No game designation. Uh, He was elevated up to full practice. So basically everything went exactly as expected and exactly as Dennis Allen highlighted it might, that he would start off uh, limited earlier on in the week, but then they'll try to get him up to full and get him ready for the game. And it looks like that's going to be the case. The thing that I like about having Juwan Johnson is that he gives you the opportunity for the middle of field attack, for sure. Gives you the size. I think he's an underrated run blocker that can contribute to that in a game where the run game is going to be very, very important. You know, the the Saints versus the Colts. And then so with all of that, you get a little bit extra production, a little bit of extra help from that tight end spot. The other thing that I like about it is that like 
Juwan Johnson is a mad underrated yards after catch guy for New Orleans. He was top five on the roster last year in yards after catch. And a lot of times was, you know, catching eight yard passes and turning them into 11 yard passes. And, you know, that's only a three yards after catch situation, but at enough that adds up. That's the difference between second and 10 and then a fresh first and 10 off of an 11 yard game. So that's what I really like about Juwan Johnson getting him back in all the different ways that he ends up impacting. From what I've been told, he was supposed to be a big part of the game plan against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then when he had that injury pregame or however that worked out uh, and wasn't able to go, he ended up being, you know, the, they ended up scoring what, like nine points, nine points in that game. So he ended up taking out a huge part of what it is that he can do for an offense. And then he's been missing uh, and not a part of the lineup ever since dealing with that, dealing with that injury. So great to see him back um, and really looking forward to seeing the way that he gets incorporated in here. The Saints having him, Foster Moreau, Jimmy Graham, and Taysom Hill, who is listed as questionable, but at this point, I would kind of expect him to play. We'll see. He wasn't a non-contact jersey early on in the week, so we'll see how all of that goes. Uh, but the thing that I love about getting all that back is that you really have like your full complement of offensive weapons, as we've talked about here on the show a couple times uh, this week. So, so shout out to that. Um, the concerning thing that I see on this injury report, while an illness is running through uh, the entire the entirety of the New Orleans Saints. Um, it's running through the media courts, running through the players, it's running through the coaches. Dennis Allen kind of had the sniffles today during his, uh, during his presser. Marcus may mispractice today, but it doesn't seem like it's going to have a big impact. I would expect him to go on Sunday. Uh, but the reason why he mispracticed was because of that, um, that illness. Uh, but the Saints have, you know, nine different players that are questionable, one of which being offensive lineman Andrews Pete. And this is a very concerning trend. This is now the second time so far this season that Andrews Pete has been added to the injury report on a Friday. The guy's having trouble now. He's always had trouble being on the field. He's always had trouble staying in games. Now he's having trouble making it through a practice week. And these are the things that you look at and you go, okay, um, this is one of the reasons why the Saints accelerated the end of his contract to the to, accelerated the end of his contract to this season, right? Like to this offseason. Because uh, this is one of those things that it just continuously pops up for him is health, availability, all the concerns that go along with it. And then there's the on-field production, on-field performance. And all that, like he got a lot of shine for playing left tackle last week, but he also allowed 10 pressures in that game. So there's a lot to, to consider here when it comes to Andrews Peep. And so I think that seeing Andrews Peep pop up on Friday again is something that should be concerning, maybe not necessarily for you, but certainly should be concerning for the team, right? You're already down James Hurst. Now you're getting Landon Young back, which is really helpful. Ryan Ramchek's back this week, all that. So there's something there, don't get me wrong, and the Saints offensive line should perform well against an Indianapolis Colts defensive line that's like okay, uh, but man, this Andrews Pete thing is just kind of wild, and now he's not able to make it through practice after all of the other scrutiny that he's already picked up over the years. Uh, I think like that's one of those spots that you look at this offseason and go, that's absolutely a change. Like That's absolutely a spot where the New Orleans Saints will have a new face going into 2024 at his position. Uh, and I'm not trying to be harsh. Like, I'm sorry, you could tell me if I'm being a butt, tell me Ross, stop being a butt and I'll do that. But, um, but I think that the, the thing that I have to highlight here is just the, the concern level that has to come with that. And so that's what I wanted to do. I think that the Saints offensive line is going to be okay this season. I mean, this, this, this week, I really do. Um, you've got Ryan Ramchick back. You've got your same starters at left guard and center. I'll be curious to see what they do or rather at right guard and center. I'll be curious to see what they do at left tackle and left guard. Does Trevor Penning come back to the lineup? Probably not. 
But if Andrews Pete isn't able to start, then do you go with Landon Young at left tackle, Max Garcia at left guard? That's probably likely. Uh, but it's going to be really interesting to see to see how they go about it. If he can play, uh, then I expect Andrews Pete's probably back at left tackle again, maybe. So we'll see how they go about it. Uh, but the New Orleans Saints offensive line has been nothing short of at least entertaining over the course of the season. Who's playing where, who's in, who's out, all of that. So it's going to be really interesting. And, and one of the things that is a little bit disappointing is that the Saints go through all the trouble of like benching Trevor Penning and all the media stuff that came with that. And then they did it because they felt comfortable going to James Hurst at left tackle. And then now in both games where they've done it, J- James Hurst isn't available because he's injured and everything. So it's just it's just a lot of trouble on that offensive line where you'd like to see them be a little bit more stout, be able to be available and for the Saints to be better prepared. Honestly, I mean, the fact that they have continuously year after year after year invested poorly in their offensive line, in the offensive line health. And the starters, I think, are great, but I think like depth is a place where they've kind of, you know, it, it's not really been there. And then they're so focused on finding one guy that can play four positions, another guy that can play three positions, another guy that can play two positions, as opposed to backing up your positions and everything. Like you'll remember my whole uh, center rant last year, or in earlier, all throughout the offseason, all that stuff. I, I just, I, I don't think that that's a constructive way to build your offensive line in a modern day NFL. You, I know you have to have guys that are, that are mobile and that can move around and stuff like that, but. I think you also have to have, make sure that you, if you know you have injury concerns, have backups for your positions that you're looking for. Um, all right. Last thing that I want to look at here uh, is just kind of kind of rolling through uh, the rest of the injury report um, and making sure that you're completely up to date with the players that are going to be on there. Uh, both Tyron Matthew, Marcus May, they're both listed as questionable. I, I think that they'll be there. Tamario Davis listed as questionable. He's limited all throughout the week. Last week, he didn't practice at all and still played. He's limited this week. I would expect him to play. Um Taysom Hill dealing with that chest injury. That's going to be one to watch for sure. But even over on the Colts side that, and this is, this is where I want to wrap up, is looking at Zach Moss. So we've talked about the offensive skill position players for the Indianapolis Colts. And I kept saying Amon Ross St. Brown earlier today. Joshua Downs. I'm sorry. I, I got messed up with the rhyme. I said the wrong receiver. My bad. And these guys are like the physical guys. I know Joshua Downs is not big, but he's a physical guy and they can create after the catch. Those are the guys I was wanting. Him and Michael Pittman. Uh, but in the backfield, Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss are guys that we've been focusing on all week. Uh, Zach Moss, elbow heel injury, uh, did not participate on Wednesday, elevated to limited on Thursday, but then downgraded on Friday back to did not participate. So that's pretty big. And that usually means that they won't play. Like seeing somebody downgrade, like upgrading and downgrade, that's usually not a good sign. Now we'll see. He is playing against the New Orleans Saints. The Saints tend to be a miracle cure for some players. Um, so definitely something to watch out for. But that could be big for the Saints who need to eliminate the run game in this matchup. And if they don't have sort of that two-headed monster of Jonathan Taylor and uh, Zach Moss, that could aid them in that a lot. So that's what we're going to be looking out for uh, all throughout. All right, y'all. I appreciate you so much. As always, make a lot to say it's your first lesson of the day every day. Coming up tomorrow, it is the, uh, our In Case You Missed It episode, our five biggest takes throughout the week to get you all caught up on everything you need to know before Sunday's games. Make sure you come back and check that out. And then, of course, we'll be live on the ground at Lucas Oil Stadium after the game, win or loss, to break it all down as well. Appreciate you, as always, for making us a part of your day, part of your routine, for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media, at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.